Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Asheville Regional Airport. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus, built with the zero landfill promise. All waste is recycled or reused, with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. Discover Asheville's scenic beauty and intriguing history, along with a local handcrafted beverage this winter, while you cozy up on top of award-winning rooftop bars. Tours offered daily, year-round, with safety protocols followed on every tour, and transportation is provided. It's easy to book a tour by visiting AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. And by RomanticAsheville.com. Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting RomanticAsheville.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball. Welcome to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website. That's speakingoftravel.net on pretty much all the podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app, Buzzsprout, Pandora, Amazon, pretty much all podcast platforms now have Speaking of Travel. And be sure when you visit that speakingoftravel.net website to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news, helpful tips, and reflections and memories from people who give voice and life to the greater world all around us. My guest today is Mike Swagunski. Over the past 10 years, he's worked and traveled around the world, and his journey has brought him to more than 85 countries. His number one best-selling book on traveling and working remotely, Global Career, How to Work Anywhere and Travel Forever, has helped people do the same. And Mike, I am so excited to have you on Speaking of Travel. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk about travel. Uh, I'm the type of person that any chance I get, I'm I'm absolutely ecstatic to talk about travel, especially in this year where international travel is limited for a lot of people, including myself. So, yeah, I'm really stoked to to share kind of my experience uh, with your audience. Well, Mike, why don't you give us a little backstory? how you even got into doing all your traveling. And also, before we even get started, tell us where you're sitting right now, where you landed during this year and and where you've kind of been settled for a while. Yeah. So early in this year, we were kind of all over the place, but we landed in a very small country of around 3 million people called Georgia. It's uh, Tbilisi, Georgia, to be exact. And we've been based here for the past 10 months. And absolutely love it here. It's, it's a hidden gem, in my opinion. And if you haven't added Georgia to your bucket list, it's definitely worth doing some research and kind of looking into it. 
it's kind of, in my opinion, a, a Swiss kind of Switzerland vibe with all the beautiful mountainscapes, but at a fraction of the cost. So it's, uh, it's definitely a beautiful spot in between Turkey, Armenia, Azerbaijan, and Russia. It sounds so exotic, and I did do some research, Mike, I have to tell you, and I am so going there because it looks awesome, especially it's got kind of a bohemian vibe, right? Yeah, the city is, is definitely kind of got a mix of what I say Southeast Asian prices with a European culture mixed in. So the city and the people and the culture is more European skewed. And I don't know, that's maybe why I like it here so much. My ancestries are, you know, 99% European and I enjoy the culture. It's a fairly laid back, like nothing really even opens here before 10 a.m. And it's just kind of a nice place. Like they, they're very nice, friendly people. And overall, we've just really enjoyed uh, our time here. You know, if you had to be stuck anywhere, we're, we're really thankful that we're stuck here. So before you were there, you were, like you said, just traveling around. You've been to so many countries and really have accomplished so much in your lifetime. Give us a little idea of, of what it was like for you as Mike the kid. Were you a, a traveling kid? Did your family travel when you were little? Yeah, so we, my mom absolutely was terrified of planes. So like I didn't get on a plane until I was like 15 or 16, I think. And that was just uh, for a domestic trip out to California. My first international trip wasn't until I was 18 to go to Mexico. And, but before that, I, was, I grew up in a place called Wildwood, Missouri. And I was always an adventurer, you know, like, and, and that's the great thing about travel is like, I found adventure just in my backyard. And I think with this year, I think a lot of people are going to realize that you can travel so much. It doesn't have to be, you know, 10, 15 hours away. You can travel an hour or two away and see some beautiful stuff that you've probably never experienced before or experienced stuff in a new way. So there's, I think from a young age, I kind of always had that traveling spirit where, you know, I was exploring creeks and lakes in my, in my backyard. And, you know, I grew up basically in the woods, Wildwood, Missouri is surrounded by woods. Uh, so always searching for something and, just kind of always had that spirit, but I really caught the travel bug uh, because unlike my mom, my dad absolutely loved international travel. And he, he kind of pushed for me to go or him and my mom both were supportive of me to study abroad uh, in Italy because one, I could get credits for my undergraduate. It wasn't that it wasn't any more extra cost for the courses. So it was the same price that, that it would have been at the university. So they, they really were supportive of me wanting to study abroad in Italy. And so I did a summer program where it was mixed with 50% Italian students, 50% Americans, and it was kind of like international business courses. And I would say that's where I really kind of caught the travel bug. I'd taken a few international trips before that, but this was like where I kind of had that aha moment where I'm like, I love this. I love being able to like integrate with another culture make the local friends, try like things that are a little bit off the beaten path, do some solo traveling. And ever since then, I've kind of slowly progressed into making travel uh, a full-time opportunity for me. And were you, I guess, as things moved on and you were traveling more, were you thinking that, hmm, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to get into being, uh, having my own business and writing a book. Give us an idea of how that kind of progressed 
as you were moving along on your path? Yeah, so after that summer that I studied abroad in Italy, one of the student managers for the program actually came to me and said, hey, you would be a great fit because I'd put together some like, you know, small group things while we were over in Italy. And she said, you'd be a great fit to be the student manager for the next two years. They had like a two-year kind of internship through the University of Missouri where you essentially do all the marketing and sales for the program. You actually teach a course through the University of Missouri, and then you, you help a professor uh, while you're actually overseas. And so I applied for that program as soon as I got back from Italy. And I was like, I need to make this happen. And I actually was selected to uh, lead the Prague program, which is a country and city I'd never been to at the time. So I had to literally sell and market a country that I'd never been to. And we actually increased the enrollment from seven students the year before to the maximum of 35 because I was just so hungry uh, to like, if, if we didn't get enough students, they were going to shut the program down. So I, I really had that like, really strong motivation to make it happen. And it was kind of like, I, I always had some entrepreneurial background, but I think this, they, they give you so much, they gave us so much freedom to kind of like market the program, kind of work out, you know, the, a lot of the smaller details. It was really nice and really kind of a, a great experience to have, you know, when you're 21 and teaching a, a course at the university. So I think that's kind of like what really progressed me to the next level after studying abroad is being a student manager leading, you know, 35 to 45 students over to the Czech Republic. And I'd done that for two years. And so just, just before I was about to graduate, uh, my mother tragically passed away from uh, breast cancer. And it, I was devastated at the time. And I, you know, it's one of those things you never really recover from. It's just, you learn to live from. And this was back in 2011. And so I was really split between two paths to go the kind of corporate route, find a nice nine to five job, or to take my last group of students over to Europe. And I decided to, to go through the unknown venture out there. And I booked a one-way flight over to Europe. And I, I think the next step once I landed there, I had made some good connections through the university there, and I was able to land a job teaching financial economics. And that was my like light bulb moment where I just showed up, was able to find a job in, in Europe. And I was like, I could do this once. I can continue traveling and doing this over the course of time. So that's, I think, was my, my big kind of transition moment, uh, what really kind of spearheaded me into traveling. Well, Mike, you really stepped off that pier and and dove right in, and I I just want to say I'm so proud of you. What a great what a great way to to move your story along and to take a risk and to to jump off and and do what you just felt that you were ready to do. When we come back from the break, I want to I want to talk more about that and how you were able to uh, transition into your remote working and being able to help so many others uh, live the dream, because that's my dream. Definitely. Yeah, I'm excited to share more. Thank you, Mike. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. We are talking about traveling and remote working and entrepreneurship and lots of really great things that you're going to want to find out more. So stay tuned.
the best way to feel the love is to share it. That's why Subaru created the Subaru Share the Love event. Over the last 12 years, Subaru has donated over $200 million to charity. This year, we're continuing the tradition. Right now, when you get a new Subaru, Subaru will donate $250 to your choice of charity partners. The ASPCA, Make-A-Wish, Meals on Wheels, or the National Park Foundation. This year, Prestige Subaru welcomes Homeward Bound WNC and the Asheville Humane Society as our hometown charity partners. The Subaru Share the Love event. Now through January 4th at Prestige Subaru. Welcome to Subiville. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm Marilyn Ball, your host, and I'm here today with my guest, Mike Swagunski. And Mike, it is just amazing to hear your your journey and how you have uh, really taken opportunities um, and jumped off. Uh, Being able to make that leap is something that so many of us have uh, considered in our lives, like, oh, I want to go do that. I want to I buy a one-way ticket and just go to Europe and start my new life. But there's really a lot of uh, fear that comes with that, a lot of sometimes insecurity, even though impulsively you know this is what I really want to do. What was it like for you when you bought that ticket and you just went? Yeah, I think it was one of those things. I I was sitting on the plane over to to Europe, and I mean, at this time, I was, I was, you know, leading. I think all of the chaos, like after my mother had passed away, it was just, you know, I was crying for two weeks straight, and then I had my my final exams, I had my graduation, and then I had to lead a group of fifty students over to Europe, and I'm like, I, I think all of that chaos and you know, my mother's like support just helped me through all of it. But on the plane over to Europe, I just kind of reflected on life. I was like, what, what do I want to do in life? Where do I want to go? And everything has kind of led to these points where I was like, where do I feel most alive? Where do I feel happiest? And travel has always been a core element of that. There's obviously other parts of my life that still make me very happy and motivated. Uh, but travel was one of those things. And I think from a very young age, I figured out what is my why? Like what's getting me out of bed? What, do, what am I going to work for? What am I you know, saving money for? And it's always been to, to travel, create unique experiences abroad, and especially to share those unique experiences with loved ones, uh, like family and friends. And that's just been something that I, I want to continue doing for the, the foreseeable future. So once I had showed up to the Czech Republic, I didn't have a job or anything, but I had talked to some of the, the connections at the university and they, you know, essentially said, because you had two years of teaching experience, we'd hire you as a professor teaching financial economics. I had also studied uh, finance as my undergraduate. So I, I had a lot of good experience to get started and it was a great job. I was teaching, you know, at the university in Prague. I was able to connect with a lot of students and just had a kind of great work-to-life balance. But I kind of saw the path of being a professor and I was like, I don't think this is necessarily the path I want to go down. It wasn't really, I don't know, pushing me to my maximum effort. And so after a year of doing that, I decided to uh, essentially move out to Australia and try to find a, a job 
with a marketing startup or with some type of tech tech startups out there. And one of the great things about Australia and New Zealand is they have these working holiday visas where Americans can essentially show up and work there and live there for up to a year doing any job that a local Australian or New Zealander could do. So I showed up to Australia with, I only think I had around $3,000 at this point. It was not a lot of money, especially to show up to Sydney, Australia, which at this time, the exchange rate was not in our favor. So within like six days, I, I just was spending 40, 50 hours applying to jobs. And I was able to find a job within seven days working for a tech startup there. And it was a great job. Like I was able to, this was my first experience with like flexible working, being able to work from home some days. And this is kind of how I like realized, okay, I was like, it wasn't full-time remote. It was like, you know, three or four days a week I could work, but this is that, that next moment where I was like, okay, this is definitely where I want to go. This is the path I want to go down. And I think, you know, this was around 2015 where remote working wasn't as common as it is right now. So this is definitely uh, the next part or the next chapter that I think really pushed me forward or really kind of got, got that position where I was like, okay, I can, I can work this job. I can travel a little bit locally, but still wasn't full. Like you can just live from anywhere type position. And while I was working in Sydney, I, I kept in touch with a professor that I met in the Czech Republic. He was a Korean professor and you probably need like your listeners are probably needing some sort of graphic for this because it's, it's kind of all over the place. Uh, but anyways, while I was in Australia, this professor said I should apply for an MBA program in South Korea. And he's like, we have a great scholarship opportunities for, for international students. You should apply for this. And so after a few months of putting together all the paperwork, all the essays, I finally applied for the scholarship in the program and, uh, was accepted with a full ride. They were going to pay for my full tuition. Uh, they were going to pay for my flights out there and they were going to even set me up with some work so I could, you know, work and study at the same time. And at this time I'm like, I'm loving my job in Australia. I, I was really, you know, I was five minute walk from the beach. And so this was another crossroads where I was like, should I continue doing this or should I go to South Korea? It was just too good of an opportunity to pass up and uh, so I decided to take the scholarship and spent around two and a half years living in Asia, studying my MBA in a, in kind of a, a small, well, a small South Korean city called Gwangju. It's 3 million people. So it's not that small, but for, for Korea, it is, I guess. And yeah, after that, I, I really enjoyed my time there, but I'd graduated with an MBA and was looking for work. And at this time I was doing anything I could. I was doing marketing jobs. I was doing acting. I was doing uh, modeling, anything I could to kind of scrape by. And during this time I'd met uh, some fellow friends from a tech startup, which would come into, these friends would come into play later on. Um, so about six months after I graduated from South Korea, I just realized because the visa situation was so difficult for foreigners unless you wanted to teach English. And I was kind of like, I just graduated with my MBA, nothing against English teaching, but that's just not the path I wanted to go down. So I decided to move to New Zealand because I had such a good luck in Australia. I was like, they have the same sort of visa scheme 
uh, Americans are able to get a visa for free there. So I showed up to New Zealand, same thing, working, you know, 40, 50 hours a week applying to jobs. And I find a really good tech startup, uh, a startup travel magazine to be exact. And they hired me, you know, as soon as I applied pretty much. And so I was able to, to work there and explore New Zealand for six months, which is, a, I think, one of the most beautiful countries on earth. If you haven't had a chance to visit there, I highly recommend it. And so after, after spending time in New Zealand, uh, I'd been working for this travel magazine. Unfortunately, they ran out of funds. They just, you know, they, uh, any type of magazine, you know, was kind of the business model was, was kind of going the wrong direction. So they ran out of money and I spent too much traveling. And these people that I'd met in South Korea, and I, I think you'll see a, a connection here that traveling opens you and introduces you to so many people that you have to, you have to, I don't know, nourish those connections. You have to build those relationships and you have to be authentic with people because you never know who's going to, you know, help you out with your next job or help you along your next journey. And somebody who I'd met in South Korea recommended me applying for a fully remote, 100% like remote uh, tech startup. And so I applied for that position, was hired on as employee number four. And over the past, over the course of around four years, I helped build this company to a, a multi-million dollar company from four people to around 80 people. The whole company was remote. We had people in, in about every time zone that you could think of. Uh, our meetings would be usually over a course of five or six different time zones and literally building one of the fastest growing remote companies in the United States, a company called Empire Flippers. So I, I just recently left this company to pursue my own projects because once my book kind of published, once my remote job board kind of started taking off, it was just a really good transition period, even though it was in the middle of a pandemic. So everything kind of started transitioning and now I'm fully uh, helping people get started with my book and with our programs and all this information. If, if any of your listeners want to find out more information about the best-selling book, global career, you can go to globalcareerbook.com and you can get in touch with me at Mike at globalcareerbook.com. Well, Mike, I, I am thrilled to uh, hear your story because so many of us have a dream. There, there's a dream, I think, that many people have uh, fostered over their lifetime of putting the dots together, connecting the dots. Well, I'm here now, but I have this opportunity. I'm going to take it. Being able to make these kind of life changes and then being able to sit back and reflect and say, wow, if that hadn't happened and I hadn't done this, that wouldn't have happened and I wouldn't have done that. And on and on and on until now you're kind of living the dream that you had thought about all those years ago when when you were just uh, a youngster. That is so cool. Well, when we come back, I want to I want to pick your brain a little bit, Mike, about uh, the future of travel, where we are today and how you feel we can get back in the saddle, as it were, as, as the time moves on. I want to thank you so much. And, and tell us again where you are talking to us from. Yeah, so I'm currently based in Tbilisi, Georgia, the country. So yeah, if anybody's passing through here, don't, don't hesitate to reach out and 
happy to meet up for coffee or to send you some some recommendations. Well, we'll we'll be there, Mike. That invitation is is out there now, so you are going to have some visitors. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Kay. At Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, we put you in the middle of experiencing Asheville like no one else can. With an expert guide by your side, you'll have an all-access pass to what makes Asheville so unique. Our sense of place, history, and awe, along with great food and drinks and spectacular views. We follow safety protocols on every tour. Come experience why TripAdvisor awarded our company the 2020 Traveler's Choice Award, placing us in the top 10% of attractions worldwide. To learn more about us and our award-winning tours, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm here today with my guest, Mike Swagunski. And Mike, what a wonderful story. It's just so refreshing to hear the progression, if you will, over the course of your lifetime and your journey as you've made tough decisions and and uh, choices that have led you from this point to this point and give us a little bit of an idea of when you of when you started thinking about writing a book because your best-selling book global career how to work anywhere and travel forever is a number one book so what what were you thinking when you decided i think it's time to write a book yeah so back in 2014 i started a travel blog and this was kind of the, the reason I started this was so many of my friends were like, hey, I'm going to Prague. What should I do? And I, I ended up sending the same Facebook message to, you know, five, five or six different people. And I was like, well, I should just turn this into a blog post and, you know, share the, that blog post. It'll be, it'll have photos. It'll be like way more in depth with like links and stuff. And for the book, I'd always wanted to write a book. But I never really knew how, how to get started or what idea to get down. So I had a few ideas, but then it really clicked when I started talking to people about these working holiday visas that I'd applied for. And the idea was, I, I asked, you know, I surveyed like five to 10 different people. I was like, you travel a lot. Have you ever heard of this working holiday visa in Australia and in New Zealand? And nobody knew anything about it. So the idea was to kind of utilize my own blueprint of building a career. So how I was able to continue working around the world without having to put life on pause. So it wasn't like I just took a five-year gap. I was able to continually progress, get new experience, new work experience and travel experience that kind of helped me get to you know, the next level of my career and through, you know, where I wanted to go in life, essentially. So I, I think that was kind of, once I had talked to some of those people, that's kind of when I got the idea and got a little bit more serious about, you know, making an outline, actually writing the book, was there was a lot of people who just didn't know about all these opportunities that Americans have to do long-term travel, to work overseas, and to spend a few years of their life, you know, advancing their career while still experiencing travel. 
And now with remote work, it's even more readily available to people than ever. And there's so many more remote companies in the space. And that's, I think, one of the biggest unique advantages that I have is I've helped build a remote company and now helping other people find jobs that are where they're able to, to kind of be flexible remote workers. And one of the cool things that we put together, uh, if you go to globalcareerbook.com uh, slash top dash 100, you can get a free ebook. Uh, it's a 115 page ebook that outlines the top 100 remote companies in the United States. And it gives you information about how to find their website, what type of salary data they have, their ratings on Glassdoor. And I think there's so many opportunities now more than ever because all these companies are essentially being forced to work remotely that it's going to create a new trend where people are able to live overseas now. You're able to you know, migrate outside of the expensive cities into different parts of the United States or even abroad. And this remote work trend, because of COVID, it's been pushed forward probably 10 or 15 years into the future. And there's a lot, the 2020s definitely, there's a lot of negatives, but I try to stay focused on the positives. And this is definitely one of those. I think it's going to open up a lot more people to, to slow travel around the world and just working from their laptops. And uh, if you're interested in getting started in that, that's definitely something I can point you in the right direction and, and help you out with one of our programs as well. Uh, we do have a career advancement service where we help people essentially revamp their resume, uh, fine tune their, their interview skills, and then find remote companies that are uh, looking for people or individuals like themselves. So uh, it, it is a really great, great kind of program. And I, I do think the future of travel will get back. There are some sort of insights that I, I think are going to happen. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot more slow travel. So instead of just going away for a week or two, it'll be hopefully a few months, people will, will be able to kind of slow travel and see a little bit more places than they would normally. I do think that um, there, will not, there will be some sort of vaccination passport. Uh, when I was based in Colombia, they have something very similar where you essentially have to travel with a booklet that shows that I have the yellow fever vaccine that I have, uh, I think it's tuberculosis as well. So if you want to travel, I have been asked at airports like four or five times to get on the plane, you have to show them this vaccination record. And I do see something similar like that happening with COVID, but depending on the time frame, I'm not sure when that will happen. So I think remote works, it's here to stay. The future of remote work is going to be, more flexible. It's going to be where you're able to kind of set your own hours, work a little bit more flexible. And a lot of companies are really going to shift towards focusing on people's outputs instead of just, hey, you need to be in the office for 40 or 50 hours, even though you're only doing 20 hours of work or 30 hours of work. Uh, you, you're going to be more focused on these KPIs and these outputs from, from employees. And I think that's going to be the, the natural progression for the remote workforce is because they can't be there every day monitoring you. They're going to have to structure their companies to have these KPIs and these metrics to make sure that people are, are staying productive without being, you know, just being online or just being in the office. They're going to really um, 
create more of a flexible work environment. And I think overall, it'll be better for the employees and the employers uh, for the future. And Mike, what do you see for your future? Yeah, so I think 2021 is going to be filled with some international travel, probably a little bit later in Q3 and Q4. We, we don't have any international trips planned, but we're going to see how things go. But the great thing about Georgia is there's so many places to explore here that we've been pretty much traveling about every month to some new destination in Georgia, whether it's to the mountains or they have black sand beaches here. Uh, it's, it's really a beautiful country and there's no shortage of places to visit. So whether it's international or, or domestic, we're going to be traveling one way or another. Well, it takes us back to the beginning of the, of the show, talking about traveling in our own backyards, exploring the creek beds and meandering in the woods and finding the wonder that's all around us just closer in and... And that's what you're doing. It's really great. Well, tell us again. I want to make sure that everybody knows how they can connect with you and where they can get your book. And tell us again about the global career site and how we can get there. Yeah. So the best place to get all of this information or anything that I discussed today is to head over to globalcareerbook.com and you'll find everything. You'll find a link to download, uh, you know, that free ebook or to grab my number one best-selling book on Amazon. There's a lot of great information on there. If you're looking to find a remote job, I built my own remote job website for non-technical remote workers. So you'll find a link on there as well. So, uh, and if you want to send me an email directly, you can get in touch with me at mike at globalcareerbook.com. And again, I'd love to hear from you. Don't hesitate to reach out. I love helping people. No matter what stage you're at, I can hopefully give you some advice. And I just love connecting with other travelers. So don't be a stranger if you're if you guys are coming through Tbilisi, Georgia. Well, Mike, thank you so much for being my guest today on Speaking of Travel. Just so much great information and and even more than that, just such a wonderful connection of camaraderie and and friendship. You don't have to travel all over the world. Sometimes you can just connect with people online. You can go to their blog posts. You can send them an email. This is a wonderful time to make new friends all over the world just by sitting at home and working remotely. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I I had an absolute blast chatting with you and kind of thanks for letting me share my story. I hope it, uh, it helps your listeners out. Well, it definitely uh, is a wonderful story, and I can tell you that I am, I'm going to be first in line here, Mike, to connect with you and, and get some more information about the remote jobs and, and how we can start looking at the new year in, in some new ways. So travel slowly, stay in touch. We'll connect again in 2021 and, and get some new updates. Yeah, looking forward to to keeping in touch, and thanks again. Thanks, Mike. You know, we're certainly going to see a lot more travel trends changing in the new year, and coming up next is Justin Bellamy. Justin is the founder of JB Media Group, co-founder of the JB Media Institute and the DIY Tourism Marketing Workshop, and he's the publisher of RomanticAsheville.com. And Justin has some important and insightful observations to help us think creatively about how we can move forward as we make our future travel plans. So stay tuned.
Why not make the most of the beautiful winter season and plan your next vacation or staycation to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains? Create your perfect winter wonderland adventure in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Not just for couples, RomanticAsheville.com is a 900-page online guide covering a nearly 100-mile radius around Asheville, North Carolina. There are so many special places and awe-inspiring vistas around nearly every corner. And this is the perfect time to create safe and memorable adventures across Western North Carolina. Visit RomanticAsheville.com today. Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. As this year nears its end and we usher in the new year, we're continuing to see real-time insights that are critical to making travel decisions as we look to traveling again. The research is showing people are ready to travel and are already making their plans for 2021. My guest today is Justin Bellamy, the founder of JB Media Group, co-founder of the JB Media Institute and the DIY Tourism Marketing Workshop, and the publisher of RomanticAsheville.com. And we're going to talk about some important and insightful observation to help us think creatively about how to move forward as we begin to make our plans for travel in the new year. And Justin, it is so great to have you on the show again. Thank you so much for being here. Marilyn, thank you for having me. It's a real, a real pleasure. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, Justin, RomanticAsheville.com uh, is is such an important tool for people who are traveling here into Western North Carolina. Give us just a little bit of a an overview of of what you're seeing currently in regard to travel here in Western North Carolina and overall in the travel industry. Sure. So we have. You know, we see data from a couple of different angles. One of the things that we look at every week is our our website traffic, which I expected would be way down in December uh, because of the kind of the, the ongoing surge that we're experiencing with the pandemic. And so far, I've been surprised to see actually that our website traffic is holding steady and is slightly up compared to last year. There's a couple of explanations for that. Uh, we have done a lot of work building new content, so we, we are showing up for more things. And not surprisingly, our, our COVID information page is actually our number one or number two page for the year on the website. It's had almost half a million visits this year, putting it above uh, our second most popular page, <clears throat> which was um, basically the short-term rental and vacation rental page. That was a really popular um, vacation uh, lodging option this, this spring, summer, especially summer and fall. So we are surprised to see the traffic holding steady. On the other side of the business, where we actually work with our customers who are tourism businesses directly, we're in the middle of selling new new contracts, uh, in, re- renewing and increasing some contracts, and also have, losing some clients and, and advertisers because their businesses are either going dormant for the winter or completely shut down or going out of business. So we're kind of, of course, keeping a close eye on that because that's our, our bottom line. That's how we make our income from a business is selling those advertisements and those promotions. 
And um, in some cases, we're surprised to see new partners coming on board in categories we wouldn't expect, like wedding, wedding service providers and restaurants. And then, of course, those are some of the categories that are also seeing the most turnover as well. So really, personally, from my personal perspective, being a local here in Western North Carolina my entire life and our site serving the entire region, the sector that I'm most concerned about is the restaurants and the bars, to a slightly lesser degree, the the venues where people gather, like wedding venues and other venues, and of course, the entertainment industry, especially our local performing arts, music, those type of venues have been pretty much shut down for the most part the entire time. The restaurants have been able to reopen to varying degrees. And some of them had, from what I hear, relatively strong uh, summers and falls. Some data that I saw that was really interesting recently was that Asheville tourism numbers for, for total occupancy and total uh, hotel and, and occupancy revenue were only down less than 10% for the month of October. And meaning that it was pretty close to a normal or to what they were projecting or what, what had happened last year. Other months have been down more, but not as much as even the experts at the local tourism development authorities and government entities that track these things were expecting. They were just making guesses when they were making their budgets this year. So, but I think everyone's expecting the winter to be a challenge. Uh, for obvious reasons. So I'm worried about the businesses that have been struggling all year and are going into an even more difficult season for them. And the the reason I'm, you know, concerned about them is because there has been little movement around fund around new uh, stimulus funding for those categories and I already know of some businesses that I thought would be able to make it through who are shutting down. Some of them plan to reopen, others don't have a d- d- direct plan yet. So that's been, an, an, you know, an interesting and somber sort of reality check as, as some businesses had really strong summers and falls here in Western North Carolina. So it's an interesting, it's really an interesting time to be alive. You know, I, I've been in this tourism industry here for about 15 years. And I remember a time 10 to 15 years ago when this time of year would normally be extremely slow in this area. And I think people got used to it, uh, the, the shift of, of behavior and how much marketing the counties were doing and bringing people more year round. And I think this year, or at least for this year, we'll be back to what it was like 10 years ago. I think you're right. I've been here a long time as well and do remember when Western North Carolina, especially Asheville itself, would just literally shut down after October or November and not reopen again until March or April. So that probably is what's going to happen. We'll go back to seeing kind of that kind of slow down. But Justin, let's talk about um, there's a new year coming. Certainly, we're going to be moving through the winter time. But what what are you seeing that is actually giving you some hope, some um, some excitement about the turn of the year and what what we can project in 2021? Well, for the immediate short term, there's been a lot of collaboration in the restaurant and uh, beverage community to figure out the most creative ways to, to serve as many people as possible. I just had a call earlier with Diamond Brand Gear. They're, you know, they're trying to get into providing tent, heated tents for people to have outdoor <clears throat> dining experiences this winter in the, in the region. I think that's a really creative solution for their use, use of their products. I've, I've heard that the regional, uh, the local restaurant and beverage associations have joined forces to help uh, kind of have one source for, uh, for procuring heaters and outdoor spaces 
uh, coverings of different types to allow businesses to be able to offer as many t- tables and seats as they can in a safe way. And now I don't think that's going to be the solution for certain businesses that don't have an outdoor space at all to offer uh, and who aren't able, able to see the numbers they need from takeaway and delivery orders. So I certainly think there's certain businesses that are looking at shutting down. And I imagine that's going to impact, you know, unfortunately impact the employees more than anything who work there. Um, but on the flip side, we had a really strong summer and fall starting around June 1st, all the way through October. And I think that between the the vaccines and um, hopefully, you know, increased, you know, different, different things happening uh, in the medical communities, as well as, you know, I think I feel confident that the new administration will have will be you know making some, for better or worse, um, more conscientious choices around what what they recommend for people to do, which should help us get out of this quicker. I would think, and uh, I'm thinking that even if it's still the you know, pandemic is still surging in the spring, that will still be a good place to visit. Western North Carolina will still be a good option to visit. So I do think that we'll have a strong summer and fall, regardless of kind of how the pandemic plays out. But of course, the more the better the recovery is on the pandemic side of things, I think the stronger our regional tourism numbers will be as flights return and uh, to, to a greater number and uh, those flight travel business returns from the bigger cities. We used to get a lot of traffic from the bigger cities up north, which I think has definitely gone down a lot this year. And it's been more of a regional regional travel experience. Well, there's a lot to look forward to, and certainly Western North Carolina with all the beautiful natural resources, people are still going to want to get outside even when it's wintertime. So, Justin, tell us how we can get more information. We know your website is uh, romanticashville.com, but uh, let us know. You said the COVID page was really getting a lot of attention what what else do you recommend somebody do when they go to romanticashville.com? Well, we do a really good job of keeping that homepage up to date and our social media channels up to date with the latest information and the, the most accurate information. We update the homepage with to link off to sections of the site that are pertinent to the current week and month. So checking out the homepage is a good place to do to, to go. And then if you want to get seasonal updates, join our newsletter list, which you can do from the website, which you'll get a month, uh, either one or two emails per month with activities, events, and key seasonal attractions for the area. Well, that all sounds wonderful. And Justin, I, I want to give a big shout out to you and your team over there at Romantic Asheville for keeping things current, for uh, ensuring that we can go to this site and get all the most updated information and make our plans. I think everybody's ready to make their plans for 2021. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know I'm ready to travel again when as soon as it's safe. And I mean, my wife and our baby have been hunkered down pretty much all year. Well, you have a wonderful season uh, around the holidays, Justin, and we'll look forward to, to keeping up to date with you in the new year. Thank you. You too, Marilyn. Appreciate everything you do for us. Well, thanks again to Justin and for Mike for such a wonderful conversation. It's such a pleasure to get to know him better. I think we're all in agreement that when 2020 is over, we're going to let it go and move into a time to set new goals and see our dreams turn into reality. This coming year is going to be a new start. I think we're all feeling charged with hope and encouragement to turn this ending into a new beginning. So no matter what comes your way today, tomorrow, or next year, 
Know that you have the power to expand your mind, your worldview, and your way of thinking. Having something to look forward to is fantastic. Half the fun of traveling is planning and getting excited. And it's good for your spirit. You'll reduce your stress, you'll cope better, and the benefits will show right here in the present. Planning today for tomorrow is also a very practical way to turn those vague desires into concrete plans. We're going to have a blank slate for a new 365-page book. Let's write a good one. Resolve to find the opportunities hidden in each and every new day. Because remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. 